So, and uh, I do. Th- th- those prayer cards are brand new. So uh, I hope you'll grab one of those on your way out and put it somewhere where you'll re- where you will remember to pray for us. Uh, take your Bibles this morning. And again, if you've got more questions about Moldova, there's there's a, there's just a lot more that there's only so much you can put out, but. Uh, there's a lot going on, but uh, Psalm 107, if you'd find that in your Bibles this morning, Psalm 107. I'll tell you about uh, <clears throat> that one young man who was crippled that passed away. He, uh, so we were back this summer from May to August. We were back here in Fairbanks because our daughter Emily was graduating from high school. So we came and she graduated and then we helped her get her settled into Bible college down in Oklahoma City. And, uh, <clears throat> and so then we went back in August, we went back to Moldova, planning you know, to be there for however long the world wanted us. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so God had put it in our heart last Christmas, Christmas time, to go visit Yonia. And uh, we hadn't seen him in a while. He used to come when we first went. He would come, and he was he was about ten or eleven years old, and he would be he was in a wheelchair. And uh, his his friends would come and and push him in the wheelchair and bring him to the bring him to the Bible lessons. And um, and then he just got to where he was he just couldn't even sit much in the wheelchair. His body was deformed. It was kind of I don't know what they call that, but it was kind of twisted he just he just was all twisted up and um he was almost completely bedridden by the end there and uh but he would come and then and then we just didn't see him for a long time and so god put it on our hearts so you know i need to go visit him so i went and visited him uh, right around christmas time and and he was sitting there and he he he, he was kind of sick he wasn't feeling good and so and i asked him i said leonia i said I said, do you know for sure that you have eternal life? Do you know for sure where you'd go if you died? And he told me, he didn't say anything. He was kind of a quiet kid, but his mom piped up. And his mom said, oh, he's a good kid. He knows all about that. He, he's, he's a very good kid. Don't worry about him. So he never said anything, but mom was answering for him, you know. And I would caution parents, don't, don't answer for your kids on stuff like that. They, they need to know the Lord for themselves. So that was at Christmas time, and then uh, in August, we decided to go back and visit him again once we had gotten back into Moldova. And uh, so I went and visited. This time, Mom was busy somewhere else, and it was just me and Yonia. And so I asked him, I said, Yonia, I said, let me ask you something. I said, if you were to die today or you died 10 years from today, I said, do you know for sure where you would go? Do you know for sure that you have eternal life? And he says, I don't know. And I said, could I show you from the Bible how to know? And he said, please do. So I, I sat there, and we, we had a good long talk. And we went through the Bible, and I explained the gospel to him. I said, Yonia, I said, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. I said, you could get saved today, right now. I said, would you like to get saved right now? And he said, I, I do. I want to. So we prayed together, and he prayed to receive Christ as a Savior. And that was a blessing. In fact, we even, we even filled out a little piece of paper, a little spiritual birth certificate. I said, you want to remember this day. This was, this was I think it was, I can't even remember the days now. Was this in August or September? I think it was, might have been early September. <clears throat> anyway, uh, 
early September, and we you know we filled it out and signed it, and and uh, this you know you got saved. And so, you know, I, sometimes I can be skeptical, and so I think, you know, did did he really understand? Did I explain it correctly? So the next week, next Sunday, I went back again, and I said, Yoni, I said we had a talk last week. I said, let me ask you this question again. I said, if you died today, do you know for sure that you have eternal life, that you'd go to heaven? And he said, well, yes. I said, well, how do you know that? He said, well, what do you mean, how do I know that? He said, we talked about it last week, and I prayed and trusted Christ, and we signed that paper, remember? Remember? I was like, okay, okay, sorry, sorry. He said, I know for sure. I said, okay. So I went back the following week. And uh, it, was, it was a Sunday, and, uh, and again, he couldn't come out to the services. He just, he just couldn't get even in the chair to, to be able to do that. So I wanted to, you know, start maybe disciple him, teaching him some things about the Bible, and it was on Sunday, the, next, the following Sunday after this. So this would have been two weeks from the time that he had gotten saved. And so we decided, I said, let's, I, God put on my heart to read Revelation 20 and Revelation 21. Talking about, you know, new heavens and new earth and no more sorrow, no more tears, no more death, no more, you know. And, and so we talked about how, you know, you have a perfect body in heaven and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and that was a blessing. That was a courage. He enjoyed that. We talked about that. And uh, so that was Sunday. On Monday, his mom texted Robin, my wife, and, and said, hey, Leonia's sick not feeling good, could you, there's some medicine that you can get there near the capital city that we can't get where we're at, could you pick some up and bring it? So we're like, sure, we got it. On Tuesday, we took it out there, and uh, I went in there to his room where he was, and he just, you could tell, he was he was not well. He was, I said, how you doing? He said, I'm not good, I don't feel good at all. And he was trying to sit up in his bed, and you could just, you could hear in his lungs that, Something wasn't right, and you know, didn't think it was that serious. Just ooh, he's he's sick, and um, so gave him the medicine and and talked to him for a little while. We prayed together, and then we left. And then late late in the middle of the night, Tuesday night, we got a text from his mom. They had taken him to the hospital, and he he passed away that night. So literally two weeks and two days from the time that he got saved, and he was with the Lord. And so I'm just thankful that the Lord gave us the opportunity to get him the gospel in time. You know, the Lord, the Lord knew he didn't have much time left. And so the Lord gave us that opportunity, and, and that was just a blessing. You know, if, 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 you know we, we left and went back to Moldova in August, and then Mom called us in October that Dad was sick, and we needed, if, we, if we were going to see him, we needed to get back. And, and so, you know, it just it feels like we were there for just a short time, but I'm just thankful for that time, if nothing else, to get the gospel to that one crippled boy so that he could have assurance of eternal life in heaven. And, and, uh, and, and then God used that because now his mom and dad, because we had gone and visited him and we had cared for him and they could see that, instead of inviting the Orthodox priest to come and do the funeral, which is normal and what everybody does, they said, we'll let you do the funeral. You, you just do whatever you do and preach and pray and do whatever, do it, do whatever it is you do. It, we, which, by the way, the way we would do a funeral, very different than the way the Orthodox priest is going to do the funeral. And I, and I know that that raised a few eyebrows there 
uh, in the village when they allowed me to do that. But that's just opened up a lot of doors. And after that funeral, got a chance to talk to several people. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and that's really, I think the Lord's used that to help us to just, just to get more accepted in the village among the people. And, and I believe the Lord's going to do some great things. Psalm 107. <clears throat> Psalm 107. I, w- I will not keep you long this morning. At least, that's my hope. That's my intention. Um, but uh, this came across this chapter in my Bible reading not long ago, and it just brought uh, some things to my heart and to my mind. And so we'll 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 just we'll just throw a few things out here for you to to think about and meditate on here today. Uh, Psalm one hundred seven. Oh, give thanks unto the verse number one. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for He is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for these scriptures that you put on my heart this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you would uh, speak to us through them. And uh, Lord... Uh, thank you for, uh, Lord, just what we've seen about Moldova, and Lord, pray that you would, you would burden others to pray, and burden others to pray for Moldova and other places around this world, and, and Lord, I pray that you'd be honored and glorified by what's said and done here today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This psalm is unique. In fact, uh, it's, it's kind of split into four different sections, and each section has this phrase that we see in verse 8, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. That's what, that's what God's looking for. Look back at verse number 1. <clears throat> oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. The Lord is just looking for somebody to say thank you to him. Now, uh, in fact, in in Psalm 92, the Bible says, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praise. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And the Bible says, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, what? To him it is, it's sin. It's sin. So if we don't thank the Lord, that's a sin. We need to do that, and God wants us to do that. In fact, if we read Romans chapter number 1 that gives a description of the United States of America in 2023, uh, Romans chapter 1 that describes this progression of, vanity, of, of just uh, wickedness and, 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 and a society that's completely degraded that says in, in verse number 21, that one of the reasons for that is neither were they thankful. This society, they were created by God. They were blessed by God, but they weren't thankful. 
And so here the psalmist says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Um, you know, God, God doesn't need us to say thank you. He's not, he's not commanding us to say thank you to him because he's, um, he, he needs his ego stroked or he's on an ego trip. He's not, he's not saying that we ought to give thanks to him because he feels a little bit insecure and he's not sure whether we're going to accept him or not or whether he did a good job with creating the world and working in our lives. And so he, he, he doesn't need that from us. You understand that God is completely, he, he is who he is and he was completely satisfied with everything and himself before he ever created us. Um, he doesn't need us to do that. But God knows that we need to do it. We need to be thankful to him in our hearts. It does us good. It it gets our eyes off of ourselves, and it helps us to focus on him and who he is and all the great things that he's done. So it it helps our hearts to be thankful. And there's four different sections to this psalm. And I only want to look at just the first one this morning. Uh, There's four groups of people, but we're just going to look at one because I think it's applicable to us this morning. And I want you to notice verse number two. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. The first group of people that needs to say thank you to God and needs to express their gratitude and praise the Lord is those who have been redeemed. I hope you've been redeemed this morning. I hope you know for sure that you're saved. I hope there's been a a, a time in your life where you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's, you know, that's, that's, the most important thing in, in your life. That's why we go to Moldova, to preach the gospel so people can get saved. Um, uh, and, and that word redeemed is a good word. And so we ought to thank the Lord, number one, because of redemption. Because of redemption. Um, he, he says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And the Bible says that we were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. You know, if, if Jesus Christ paid such an incredible price for our redemption, then that's proof enough that he loves us. If, if there's any doubt in your mind today, I wonder if God loves me. Just look at the price that he paid in order to redeem your soul. It required the precious blood of Christ. What a, what a price, what a gift that he would give us salvation. Have you been redeemed? And can you tell somebody about when you were saved or when you were redeemed? You know, that's one of the best ways that you can witness is just by simply giving your testimony. You know, I know that sometimes, you know, you're, you know, you, you want to witness to people and you know, you, you, we know we're supposed to witness, but I'm not sure how to say it or what to say. Sometimes the best thing you can just give people is just give them your testimony. Tell them how you got saved. Tell them how God worked in your life. That's all you got to do. Um, have you been saved? Can you tell somebody about it? And uh, there's, there's some amazing pictures of redemption in the Bible. Remember the, the story in Hosea about Gomer 
and how she was, she was an immoral woman sold into slavery. And then Hosea goes and God commands him to just, he goes, his own wife, and buys her back out of slavery. And that's the picture of what God did for us when he saved us. And notice this, he says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You know, before we were saved, we were the enemies of God. Jesus said to the, to the Pharisees, ye are of your father, the devil. And yet God redeemed us from the hand of our enemies. Um, you know, it's the same in America. It's the same in Moldova. You're trying to witness to people. You're trying to pass out gospel tracts, trying to invite people. And, you know, they say, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm good. I'm a good person. I'm, 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 I'm not bad. The Bible says that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it's a good thing for us to remember the pit from which the Lord dug us out of and uh, to remember what he saved us from. So, number one, we ought to be thankful because of redemption. Number two, we ought to be thankful because of fellowship. Look at verse number three. And gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Israel had gone into captivity. They were scattered hither and yon. And yet God, in his power and wisdom, he he brought them all back together into their own land, which was an amazing thing. Um, And then I, you know, I think about us. I think about, I think about my own family. You know, my parents from northwestern Pennsylvania, and God brought them out of northwestern Pennsylvania brought them to Fairbanks, Alaska, got saved. I think of my wife's family that came from Wisconsin, and, and God brought them here to Fairbanks, Alaska. And I'll bet you we could go around the room, and, and, and people from all over the country that are right here that God has brought together to fellowship together in a church. What a blessing. Um, you know, I've been to different mission fields all over the world. Had a chance to go to Malawi, Africa once years ago. That was a blessing. Um, uh, uh, I'll tell you, Malawi will ruin you, though, because, I mean, you can go there and, you know, just preach and people getting saved and everybody wants to take a gospel track. And um, that was a blessing. I enjoyed that. But here, but here, Malawi, Africa, never been there, met some folks that were saved, you know, some Africans that had been saved. And it was just like there was an instant camaraderie and there was a connection. I've been to Kazakhstan, been to Mexico, been to the foreign country of Canada, uh, you know, and, and you, you, you meet believers all over the world, people that have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, and immediately there's just a, there's just a connection there, and you enjoy fellowship together with, with folks, and, and we can rejoice together in fellowship because God knows that we need fellowship. We need each other. Now listen, I know, it can be hard, and, and, and not everybody is outgoing. Not everybody has that bubbly, outgoing personality that just loves to see people and, and gets excited when there's a crowd of people. Quite honestly, some of you, it's, it's, you're saved, you love Jesus, you love God, you love the Bible, you love church, but to get up and to get dressed and come to a group and a crowd of people, whew, that's tough. Okay? Some of you know what I'm talking about. 
it's difficult to, 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 to come together and, and, and come to church and, and be around a lot of people. That's difficult. And, and, and some of you, you would say, you know what? I don't need, I don't need to see people today. I don't need a group of people. I would be just as happy to sit home and, and read my Bible and pray on my own. And maybe I could listen. I could find a sermon on the Internet and listen to a Bible study, something like that. And that's true. You could and get a blessing out of it. But you know what? Maybe somebody else needs your fellowship. Somebody else needs your smile. Somebody else needs your word of encouragement. And even if you don't need the fellowship today, somebody else may need your encouragement. And that's why the Lord put us together in churches. And that's why he wants us to continue to gather together. He says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. The closer and closer we get to the Lord's return, the more we need this kind of fellowship. You know what? That's what they need in Moldova as well. They need, they need a group. They need a church where people can come together in fellowship and, and worship God together and serve the Lord together and learn the Bible together. And that's why we go. And so he says, I want you to thank the Lord not only for your redemption, but because he's gathered us together, he's taken us from all these different places, all these different backgrounds, and put us together for the purpose of fellowship. And that's what a, that's what a church is. So don't neglect the fellowship. Don't, don't get out of church. Don't get out of church. Number three, because of redemption, because of fellowship, and then we ought to thank the Lord, number three, because of deliverance. Because of deliverance. And there's three things in this passage that he has delivered us from. Number Verse 4. He's delivered us from a life of vanity. Look at verse number 4. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. That describes the children of Israel. They wandered in the wilderness... In a solitary way, they found no city to dwell in. Children of Israel, 40 years, wandering around the wilderness. They weren't going anywhere. They weren't accomplishing anything. Uh, have you ever read the book of Numbers in your Bible reading? Can I be honest here? Don't tell anybody I said this. But it can be dull, right? It's dull. Um, it. it that is the picture of a Christian that's just, just living a life of vanity, not accomplishing what God would have you to accomplish. Um, just wandering around. Maybe there's a lot of activity, but just not really accomplishing anything. Um, not doing anything that's going to last for eternity. And so he says that he's here to deliver us from a life of vanity, a life of vanity. He's also come to deliver us from a life of no satisfaction. Look at verse 5. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. They're hungry and they're thirsty, but they find no satisfaction for their soul. There's just, it's just empty. There's nothing there. That reminds me of Ecclesiastes chapter 2 where Solomon, you know, he was the wisest man that ever lived. Uh, but he tried everything. 
to find happiness. He had all the money that he could possibly have. He bought everything that he thought would provide happiness. And in the end, he said it was just all vanity and vexation of spirit. He had, he looked for satisfaction in relationships. You talk about relationships. That guy had what? Uh, I don't know, 700 wives and 300 concubines. You would think vanity and vexation of spirit. He couldn't find what he was looking for in relationship. Then he said, I, I, I built me great works. I, I built this and I built that. I just I had all these construction projects going and I thought that I would be able to find satisfaction in, in a life of extreme labor and, 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 and accomplishment. Nothing. He just It's vanity and vexation of spirit. Then the, in the final analysis, he said, just best to just fear God and keep his commandments. Um, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in the life of no satisfaction. And then delivered from a life of trouble, verse 6. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. You know, living a vain life and trying to find satisfaction in all the wrong places is going to cause you a lot of trouble and a lot of grief. And the Lord's here to deliver us from that. How, How many... Homes have been married. Uh, How many homes have been ruined because some partner, some husband, some wife trying to find satisfaction outside of marriage? And they bring a lot of trouble and a lot of grief into their home because of that. Um, Lots of problems. Think I think about David. You know, you talk about problems. He committed adultery committed murder, and just brought a lot of grief and a lot of trouble and a lot of problems to his own family. Um, sometimes God just wants to get us to the end of, his, of ourselves so that he can rescue us and deliver us from trouble. So he wants us to thank him for deliverance, and then he wants us to thank him for his guidance. Look at verse 7. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. He said, we ought to thank God because of his guidance, how he leads and guides. Here's, here's what happens. God, God saves us. God delivers us. And then God begins to interfere a little bit in our lives. God begins to, to, to say, I don't want you to go in this way. I want you to go this way. You know, God can see down the road. God can see, you know what, if you continue on this path, that's not a good end. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send some trouble, maybe some problems. I'm going to rearrange some circumstances because I'm trying to get you to go this way. And, uh, and so God led them that they might go to a city of habitation. Um, you know, I think about Abraham. God told Abraham, I want you to leave Ur of the Chaldees. I want you to leave your home. This is, this is what you're familiar with. This is your culture. This is your language. And I'm going to send you to a foreign country where nothing is familiar. And uh, Abraham said, okay, Lord, w- w- which country, where are we going? He said, I'm not telling you. You just start walking. And as you go, I'm going to lead you and I'm going to guide you. You know, I, w- when, we, when the Lord led us to go to Moldova, it wasn't that bad. I mean, at least we, we, had, we knew where we were going to Moldova. But I did not know all that we were going to be involved in when we got there. I had things pictured in my mind of what I thought we were going to do and, and, and a time frame for when we were going to do it. 
But as we moved in the direction that God wanted us to go, God began to... For instance, I didn't know that I was going to be involved in printing. I didn't even know that I had any kind of an aptitude for it. I didn't even know that there was a need for it. But as we went in that direction, God said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to learn how to use this equipment. Found out that my wife has a tremendous talent for graphic design. Very good. Very artistic mind for it. And so God's been able to use that to be able to do, uh, to, to, to be able to be a blessing to many, many people, design many different gospel tracks, many, many different Bible study booklets that are, that are going out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds every single week in Moldova, not just in Moldova, but Ukraine and Romania and other places in and around Eastern Europe. And so God, thank God that he guides us do we, we just take a step out by faith lord this is the direction you want me to go and he guides us and he directs us and he gets us to exactly where he wants us to be and uh and because of that here's what we say verse 8 oh that men would praise the lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed today